You're listening to Once, episode 271. I'll be your mirror, initial reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron, And we just finished watching the episode, I'll Be Your Mirror, which from the title of the episode, which I only knew going straight into this episode, right before I started taking my notes, I type in the title of the episode. So I didn't know the title before watching this episode. I mean, before those first couple minutes before watching the episode and right from the episode title. I could tell, oh, this one's going to hurt my heart. (laughs) What do you think, Erin? Yeah, this, it was a good episode. I, uh, I think they answered some questions and then maybe created some more (laughs) for us. I like the way that uh, Lady K summarized it in our chat room during the live show uh, when we're chatting during Sunday night's airing. Lady K said, man, This is the episode of Thwarted Plans. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly, certainly. Uh, And interesting twist. This was another good episode. It wasn't written by Jane Espenson, uh, but it was another good episode. I think one of the new writers were on this one, uh, Leah Wan. And uh, we'll talk more about uh, what other episodes she wrote in our upcoming full discussion. But I wouldn't say this is was as epic as last time, but still a really good episode. Nice twist, nice dialogue. So we're here to talk about what stood out to us. These are our initial reactions. We want your feedback for our upcoming full discussion. Please go to the website at oncepodcast.com slash 271 for our contact information. Send us an email, call and leave a voicemail. Send us a voice message through the website, anything like that. It's over there at oncepodcast.com slash 271. It's also where you can go to share this episode out. So what stood out to you most, Erin? There were many things in this episode. I like that we got to see the mirror room. I don't think we've seen the room before, although we've, like, there's been, it's been implied that it exists. Um, And then, like I said, I think it answered a few questions, and then now I'm asking some more. (laughs) The mirror room or world it's, or as uh, Regina called it, a world of one-way mirrors. That's cool to see that it's an entire world. We've seen Sydney sent to the mirror world before, but we didn't know it was a world. It just seemed like it was he was trapped inside that mirror and could be summoned at any time. Now, getting to see his little home there in front of the mirror... Uh, so he could be there available at any time to Regina, whom he loved or thought he did. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And general consensus, and by that I mean hopefully you and I can cons- can um, agree, that maybe the portal out would have led to Wonderland, the one that they were trying to build. I, I wonder that It looked that like too. the Wonderland mirror. Yeah. Now we got to see the dragon in there, which when they started saying someone else is here, I was thinking, wait, isn't that Sydney? Isn't Sydney still here in this world? Because Regina sent him into the mirror, but I don't remember her ever pulling him back out of the mirror. I could be not remembering something. 
Well, he was in Storybrooke, so he was out of the mirror during the curse. Yeah. And did she send him back in, like, yeah, cursed? Yeah, she sent him back in. I forget now what episode or something, but she did send him back into the mirror when she needed help, and we never saw her pull him back out. So I was expecting him to still be in there, but now we know the dragon was in there, and so that's that's nice that we get to to see where the dragon really was. And he is a real dragon, and he looks a lot like a very decorated <laughs> Mushu in his shape, the way that he moves. So that's probably who he's supposed to be. And did you catch what he said? I did, and I said, he's got to be Mulan's father. Whoa, Mulan? <laughs> that's what I, that was my thought, but... I saw, I saw in your notes that you maybe have a different thought. Mulan? <laughs> Explain that first, please. I, I know everyone's probably saying something different, and that's what I'll talk about. But this this total surprise. Why do you think Mulan? So Dragon being Mulan's father? Yeah. Well, he's always just reminded me of, of the Mulan story just because the culture is the same. Because Mulan is Chinese, and so was he, it seemed. And then um, the dragon seemed like similar, like you said, to Mushu, but also to um, just this, uh, like the celebratory dragons that are in the parades a lot in China and that were featured in the movie Mulan. And then when he said he lost a daughter, that was my first inkling is it reminded me a lot of Mulan. Huh. Okay. Let me speak for, <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron, but let me speak for, I think, everybody else. Or maybe okay. most everybody else. <laughs> I was thinking Lily. And that's the theory that we had back in previous seasons, too, is when we discovered that, oh, Lily is the, the daughter of Maleficent, and Maleficent and Lily were going to go on this mother-daughter adventure to find their father, and what happens in dragon form stays in dragon form, that whole stuff. So they're searching for her father, apparently. And we'd back then theorized, oh, it's got to be the dragon from New York. Uh, he's this mystical person, and we don't know his backstory or anything like that, but he is called the dragon. And he'd even said to Tamara back in season two that she hasn't seen him in his true form or something like that, which also hinted at the fact that he's probably an actual dragon. So I think he's Lily's father. I feel like I forgot that whole theory until right now. <laughs> but yes, that would also make sense. It was really cute getting to see Henry, uh, getting to go on extra dates with Violet and seeing their little blossoming relationship, even though they are quite young. Okay, yeah. But still, it's cute. <laughs> it is cute, and I like that they... Um, like, she seems to not care that sometimes he has adult things to do, like saving the lives of the people that he loves and that she just goes along right with it. Mm -hmm. I am wondering if that white rose is poison or something. Yeah, because Evil Queen did say something about using love against Henry, which made me think, oh no, we're going to see Violet's heart ripped out and Violet made to do something like we've seen someone else do before who was doing it, thinking yeah. they were doing it out of love. Uh, or or 
a theory in the chat was that maybe that rose was secretly the hammer. And I want to look more into what that hammer is supposed to represent. Uh, They called it a name, Hammer of Hephaestus. And I have no idea what that is. But really smart, Henry using the hammer on the mirror. It was. I I kept saying just pick up the heart and tell the dragon to stop because whoever has the heart has control of the person. True. But... That was a good second option, Henry. Good job. <laughs> Rumpel and Zelina had a little moment that really tied nicely back to season four, something I'd completely forgotten about when Zelina saved Rumpel from a heart attack when he was in the hospital where he didn't have magic. And nicely done, ABC, for tying that back in and making that mean something more than simply giving him uh, a beating heart, but it being a way that Zelina also protected herself. Clever, clever, clever girl. It is clever. However, there seems to always be these little loopholes that he can find. Like, of course, he can't hurt her, but I'm sure he can find somebody else who can, and that's exactly what he's going to try and do. Do you think Evil Queen is going to go for it? (sighs) You could see the hesitation on her face. I don't know. This episode, she was the first to say something about, we're on the same team. And then at the end of the episode, Rumpel said that, but that was before Evil Queen knew what Rumpel wanted her to do. So I don't know. It, it, it kind of goes to questioning, what does Evil Queen really want besides seeing everyone tear yourselves apart? <laughs> I was waiting for it, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Zelina is the evil queen's only ally right now because she knows Rumpel's not really an ally. Rumpel will only use her until she becomes no longer of use to him. And you know what happens to things that are no longer of use. And uh, I just feel like that's going to be a really hard decision for her. And I I think that that might help... It's hard because she's supposed to be the epitome of pure evil, but it's pretty clear that she still has feelings. And I think that that just kind of goes back into the debate that we've always had about, you know, even with Emma, it was like she had the greatest potential for evil. Well, how can she have the greatest potential for evil if it was taken out of her? And that there's kind of always just this gray within within everybody. Mm. So do you think it's possible for the evil queen to actually kind of turn tables and fight the evil as Regina has. I'm I'm not sure that that's what she wants. She said that she wants a new beginning, but what does that look like? Is it just she wants to rule again and that's what she invent and, and that's what she envisions as a new beginning is I finally get to be the commander and ruler that I've always wanted to be, the queen that I have always been destined to be. That's my happy ending. That's my new beginning. But it seems like she's so focused on giving that to Henry, the way that Cora was so focused on raising a queen and getting Regina to the to the palace to be the queen. It seems like Evil Queen's goal, at least from everything she said in this episode, was for Henry to, air quote, take his power and like his kind of rightful place on the throne as a king. 
And it seemed like a lot of the themes of this episode would were getting Henry to that point. Yeah. And we've talked, oh boy, back in, I think, season three about, uh, and maybe even season two pointed out how Henry would be the heir to several kingdoms. So he could mm. really be the next king ruling over several kingdoms. And I would hope justly ruling over them. <laughs> he pretty much has the entire enchanted forest under his belt at this point. Like, Yeah. And I think Emma and Regina are giving him a couple opportunities to stand up and be a hero, not just protecting him, not hiding him behind them. And this episode was certainly an opportunity for him to stand up and be the hero instead of the villain that Evil Queen seems to want to make of him. And hey, speaking of heroes, I want to thank some heroes. That's probably the most boring transition I've ever made before. <laughs> but... <laughs> You are not boring because you're a hero to the podcast and you make this podcast possible. So special thanks in this episode go to Lisa Slack, DJ Firewolf, Amy Cadillier, and our 26 heroes on Patreon. We couldn't do this podcast without you, seriously, because it does cost to host the podcast. Even though we provide it free to you, it does cost. And we hope you appreciate the value we're giving you with the podcast, maybe making the TV show more fun to watch, maybe giving you those opportunities to have conversations with a community that truly gets you instead of all those people who look around you and say, wait, Jiminy Cricket is in a TV show and he's a psychologist? What? Well, we get you. You get us. You are our heroes. Thank you very much for saving our heart from the dragon's fire. Thank you very much for keeping the podcast going. If you have not had the opportunity yet to be a hero or you would like to be a hero, you'd like to hear your name mentioned in an episode of our podcast, please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. That's oncepodcast.com slash hero. Be the hero that the podcast needs. I wanted to mention the genie lamp and ask if you noticed whether it's similar to any of the genie lamps that we've seen, other than if we've seen it in Gold Shop. I didn't get a great look at it, and I'm wondering if it's Sydney's lamp, if it's Cyrus's lamp, or a lamp that we haven't seen before at all. We have seen a lamp inside of Gold Shop before, and it did look just like the lamp that Sydney was in. We've also seen Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, the one-season spinoff series, which was a great series. That's when Aaron originally became a co-host with us. So listen back to wonderlandpodcast.com to get more of that. But in there, we saw a similarly shaped genie lamp at some point, I believe, but not as decorated as this. We've never seen this lamp in Storybrooke specifically linked to Sydney, at least that I know of. So even though it looks like the lamp he was in, it may not be the lamp he was in. It could be Cyrus's lamp. So, okay. How long has Wonderland been out? It's been a couple of years. Can 2013, we... I think. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a couple or a few years. Can we spoil the ending? We, we have to. In order for this to I make sense. I feel pretty comfortable con... with spoiling yeah. the ending. <laughs> um, so who do you think's in that lamp? <laughs> Jafar. You have to watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland to understand why. But with their talking about, oh, my old friend is gone from this. I don't know who's in there. It made it at first sound like, oh, the lamp is empty. There is no genie. 
But then it sounds like there is a genie and, oh, they're going to discover who's in there and what a perfect time for Jafar to come out. And it makes sense even with, even without Wonderland, the story of Aladdin ended with Jafar becoming the genie in the lamp, like the animated Disney movie. And then the blue genie flicked him all the way somewhere back into the desert. But even with timing, I like this idea a lot better because Cyrus was in Agrabah as a genie for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he escaped when Jafar was looking for him. If I'm recalling the Wonderland details correctly, that's when he kind of got to Wonderland was to escape Jafar looking for him in Agrabah. So if Jasmine and Aladdin were in Agrabah, they could have been some like the masters of Cyrus at that time. And they could be referring to Cyrus as their air quote old friend. And then it would probably be quite a shock for them to rub the lamp now and have Jafar pop out. Yeah. Uh, now, Matthew Paul is pointing this out in the chat room. And we'll have some screenshots in our upcoming full discussion to confirm this. But Matthew mentioned that it's not Jafar's bottle. That's not. That's also not Penny's ship. Just in case you're wondering. But uh, I, I, this is the the lamp that we've seen in Gold Shop for a while, and we know that Jafar went back into a lamp. I think they're hoping we forget that the lamps look different from this, or or there could be someone else completely different inside of that lamp. Oh, and Cyrus was in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I just remembered, you found my bottle, Alice. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, Cyrus's bottle was tall. Uh, there was, I think, one of the genie lamps, because there were four, right? Yeah, four. One of the genie two lamps. Brothers. Two? Uh, two so brothers. The, okay, there three. were three. I couldn't remember for sure. Yeah, three genie lamps. I thought one of them did look like the traditional lamp. I know not Cyrus's. Yeah, I think I, I think one of them for sure was yeah. traditional. To make more sense of what we're talking about, you got to go watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. It is a fun series. Uh, beautiful ending, too. So now, beautiful. <laughs> and speaking of endings, Emma seems to be so much more fatalistic in this episode, just saying like, oh, I'm not going to be there when I can't be there. I'm not going to be with you, kid. And some some interesting dynamics between uh, her and Regina. Yeah, it was a really endearing moment. I think this is the first time one of them ever referred to Henry as our son versus my son. And then there were some, it's almost like the evil queen and Regina now are fighting over whose son it is instead of Emma and Regina, which she pointed out. But I have to give kudos to Jennifer Morrison. She plays Emma so well. And I can see, like, even just when she's just not even acting in a scene, where she, when she's just present in a scene and has no dialogue, you can just see the the shift in Emma's, like, in her posture, in her facial expressions, the way that you're saying, like, she has a very, she's not having a positive attitude about how this season is going to end. Yeah, and uh, I really think it's one of those things that, we're not seeing it the way that it actually is supposed to happen. It's being misinterpreted. But then again, what an interesting ending it might be if Emma does truly die. But you know they're not going to do that. Whoa, yeah. Come on, Daniel. I know that would make some people happy. 
Uh, and speaking of making people happy, it seems Rumple just can't make Belle happy. And after all of that, that vulnerability in the last episode, here he is in this episode throwing all of that away. And he's back to his Rumpelstiltskin self. And more prisons, in a way, for Belle. Just, ah, Rumple, stop. Stop it. I'm glad to see she's fighting back. Her comment, um, she made a comment. She said, well, this time he's after my baby. As if she wouldn't have cared if he was after anybody else's. But because it's her baby, now she can care more. And uh, maybe she's just understanding how everybody else has felt. But I'm glad that she's pushing back. But I feel like he's just going to go to more extreme measures because of the pushback, which is exactly what we witnessed in this episode. Yeah, and his measures seem to keep getting more and more extreme. And he is abusive. He he really can't stop. And he is to the point that he doesn't even recognize what he's doing is wrong, which is that that point. Some people can cross that where they've seared their conscience so horribly that they don't even recognize right from wrong. And Rumpel is, I think beyond that point. And he thinks he's doing all of this for love. Okay, you know, you can do a lot of great things for love. Sure, you can make bad decisions for the right reasons. You can have good intentions on things. But even when he says he's doing it for love, I don't think he's using love in the same way that most other people would. You don't do this kind of stuff if you truly love someone. This is the kind of stuff that an abusing, obsessive person might do. I want to see them work it out, but Rumpel has got to change. Yeah, it's uh, that would be a best case scenario. He's been given plenty of time and space and incentive to change, but it seems like it's just getting worse. And I feel like it's he still has that that feeling, because I can't remember exactly the comment that Zelina made to him, but something about how'd that work out with your firstborn. And, you know, that was still an emotional spot for him. Yeah, because remember, Zelina was responsible for his death. So that's even more of an emotional spot for him, which explains why he then started trying to choke her. Exactly. It's all just a mess. Well, because this is a mess, we'd love to have your feedback, your theories and thoughts on what might be happening here. Please contact us through the website at oncepodcast.com slash 271. Our email address, phone number, voice feedback information is all there in the episode. And that's also where you can go to share this episode out with your family and friends. It's a great way to help the podcast and it doesn't cost you anything. Get someone else subscribed to the podcast. All of that is over at oncepodcast.com slash 271. And we'd love to have your feedback for our upcoming full discussions. There is going to be a little bit of a schedule difference over the next couple weeks. And that is, well, we will still be podcasting this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. But at the time of this recording, we have Thanksgiving coming up. So on Sunday, November 20th, there will be no Once Upon a Time on that Sunday. Thus, we won't be doing a podcast. You can hang out in the chat room during the same time if you want and just bemoan the fact that there's no once upon a time at that time. But we won't be there and there won't be a podcast that night. There also won't be a podcast that Wednesday after that. Once Upon a Time returns 
after tonight's episode. It returns on Sunday, November 27th. And then there will be another episode on Sunday, December 4th. And that will probably be the winter finale. If they're doing any kind of finale thing. Basically, it is the mid-season winter finale going into the winter hiatus. And we don't know yet the date that Once Upon a Time will return in, I assume, spring 2017. So a little bit of a different schedule. But you won't be without a bonus episode of our podcast during that little one-week hiatus of Once Upon a Time for Thanksgiving because Jeremy and I are going to have the opportunity to pre-screen and review the movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which they've advertised heavily to Once Upon a Time audiences, and I think it would be something you would like. We reached out on Twitter, asked some of our fans, hey, do you think we should review the movie? And everyone, you, said Yes. So we are going to review the movie. We'll probably record that review maybe Thursday night after our podcast, the night before the movie comes out. I don't know the schedule for sure. That's why you should follow us on Twitter for those late breaking announcements and to know when we are going live and when we'll be recording that. So all you have to do to get that episode automatically is stay subscribed to the podcast because it will be episode 273 of Once Podcast, and they'll download automatically for you if you're subscribed. If you're not subscribed, hey, go over to oncepodcast.com and subscribe in iTunes, on Android, or whatever your favorite podcast app is of choice. That's over at oncepodcast.com. But that's the schedule upcoming. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and follow us on Twitter so you can get the announcements and get the information about Once Upon a Time and theorize with us. We're on Twitter at Once Podcast and each of us individually on Twitter as well. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. Once again, show notes for this episode and the link to share and send us your feedback information is at oncepodcast.com slash 271. We'll be back with our full discussion and I hope your feedback as well. And until next time, I'm not looking for an ending. I'm looking for a beginning. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be a hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.